Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Listen, everyone in the hockey world, watch those that game. We all know what happened. It's I'm not going to comment on them. Um, people can. We have our opinions, but what's the point? People, I hope you can all write about it and talk about it, but um, you know. There's no, there's no point in whining about it now. Juicy, Dino. Mm. Curious to hear uh, what old Dex tweets pie chart looks like. How much is it? Just a hundred percent to the refs screwing the Minnesota Wild. We're gonna find out here. Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. You're home for daily Minnesota sports entertainment, speculation, and maybe in this case, therapy. And uh, you may be wondering, where the hell's Judd? Where, where was Judd on Judd's hockey show last night? Right. Is, is Judd okay? Did Judd have uh, an, did Judd have another appendectomy? Can you even have another appendectomy? Oh. Nope. Judd Judd took a a load management day. It's his thirtieth anniversary this weekend, so he's he's doing the right thing and hanging out with his wife of thirty years. We told him, yeah, take a day. It's the first time you've actually like, taken a day without having an emergency operation in four years. So. You should the old seen, Dex's uh, hockey show was on fire last night. Yeah, we, we had some lineup changes. Speaking of lineup changes, that, you know, goalie rotations and who should play, who's going to be in scratch and whatnot. AJ and I were luckily able to uh, to hold it down and talk some wild fans yesterday. My fiance said, wait, Judd's taking vacation? And Judd's taking a vacation during a playoff run? So, so she, she twofold, she said, wow, that's shocking. And two, she said, okay, so that means you could do it too, like sometime. Like you could potentially take it. And I said, I'll, I'll <laughs> yes. let you know. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the circumstance. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if we can fit that in for you. Yeah, everyone was kind of shocked. Like, wait, he's gonna he's gonna miss a Monday after a playoff game? What's happening? But listen, we encourage a healthy, balanced lifestyle right. here at Score North, uh, unless it's Viking season. But all right, we digress. Declan has your pie chart of blame for a game four loss to the Dallas Stars. Let's fire this up. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right. Are you? If it were me, I would just ship a second pie and give them both 100% to the refs for just being idiots in that game. But that's just me. I'm curious to see where you stand. So the refs are on this pie chart, Phil. There's five chunks of pie, five pieces of pie coming at you. Uh, for this okay. game for loss. And this might be shocking. The first piece of pie will go to the refs. But it is just 5%. Wow, look at you. 
Just five percent, just a little, a uh, little appetizer, a little couple bites, you know. As you're, uh, I was doing some wedding food tasting last week. This is just a little, you know, a little, little scoop. Oh, we it's got like here. the ahi tuna crisps. Oh, yeah. We just reach, just reach in there and just get a little bite. Uh, just the coconut shrimp. Just five percent. I'm not gonna. I, I, this is not a podcast, by the way, where we like to rip referees or blame referees for uh, shortcomings in situations. Yeah, um, overcome it, figure it out. There was 60 minutes to play a hockey game. You had plenty of opportunities. You had plenty of times to to get on the score sheet more. You had power plays too, by the way, and you weren't able to convert them outside of the last one towards the end that forced it to be a one-goal game with a minute to go. I'm not going to come out here and and blame the refs completely. I, if, if you're asking my honest opinion, I think the two that were called on Felino are complete BS. I agree with Marcus Felino. He used those exact words in the post-game press conference that it was BS, uh, his two penalties that were assessed against him, which do lead to Stars' goals. But I, I, the Wild had 60 minutes to win this game. Numerous opportunities, which I'll get into later in this pie chart. This is just a small piece. I know a lot of fans were upset with them. Rightfully so. It was a bad officiated game. That being said, it wasn't the biggest reason by any means you lost just 5%. Okay, two quick questions. So number one, I don't want to spoil anything. Does Felino come up again in your pie chart? He does not. Okay. So not. Let me put a, put, we'll put a pin in that and circle back here in a second because I want to ask my second question too. On that tripping penalty... Where he's kind, of, he's like making a beeline for the boards, yeah. And I don't know, he was gonna, he was gonna make a check, but then he, he, I don't know, it was kind of a weird. He kind of stumbles. It looked like a bull charging a matador or something, and uh, like the the matador's got the red blanket yes. or whatever, and that, and then like Felino kind of charges through, sort of clips the guy's skates a little. But and you'll have to. Who was the player again for the stars? I, I forget who exactly it was off the top of my head. But but, but he had his he had a stick up, yes. and it actually hits Felino in the head. Yeah. And so my first thought was, should that be high sticking? Should it, that, that should, should almost be something on Dallas and tripping on Felino felt like. Okay, should it be? Should they both be getting a two minute penalty? Should it just be a no call? That one felt a little sketch to me. Just it didn't look like a trip. And Felino winds up with a bloody nose because of a high stick. So that was the one that I had a major problem with. Yeah, and also, I don't know if you noticed, that it, it cut his nose. Like, he literally was he was cut right. from it a little it bit. It drew blood, correct. Yes. Yes. Which typically, even though that was, like, incidental and it wasn't malicious by any means of them, you know, scraping your nose against a stick, usually result. I thought they were taking both. I thought that's what was happening when, when the play kind of unfolded after the whistle. Like, oh, they're going to take both of them. And what, you know, on the officiating point, Ryan Reeves said in the first intermission uh, with Bally's that, I kind of like they're letting us play a little bit. Like the refs kept their whistles down. It was a classic playoff game of checking back and forth and some good opportunities for the Wild. The Wild held serve too. And I was like, okay, they're going to put the whistles away. Well, second, third period, different story. They end up calling some ticky tack things, which I don't love to see in the postseason. But again, I just I don't think it's the main reason why you lost yesterday against against the Stars. So if I could add one more thing on Felino, I believe he whiffed on a beautiful pass yep. across the crease, just a wide open back post, and he just fanned on it. I don't know if it just if it if it came up too quick and got up on his hands, but um, it was just a beautiful chance for a goal, and he fanned on it. So that, and that all kind of happened within like a five or ten minute sequence where he fans on the wide open net, and then. Uh, and then gets the tripping penalty. So I don't know. Old Macadac might have put three to five percent for Felino specifically in this game. He had another play like that too, I believe, in Game Three, where he had a backdoor wide open opportunity. It was a really good save by by Ottinger. Don't get me wrong, um, but still, he yeah he has to convert some of those. But just five percent for me, Phil, on the on the officiating. So that's one pie. Okay. One piece of pie is down. Second piece of pie is a lifetime achievement piece of pie, Phil. Ten <laughs> percent. 
10% to the Wild's ineptitude to go up significantly in a playoff series. The Wild have been to the playoffs 12 times in their franchise. 12 times. I'm, I'm excluding the little bubble play-in that they had with Vancouver uh, during COVID. I'm, I'm not going to include that one. They've been to the playoffs, though, naturally 12 times. Not once has the Minnesota Wild gone up 2-0 in a best-of-seven series. And they have never gone up 3-1 in a best-of-seven series. Have they ever won? Okay, I think most of their series victories, they were down three games to one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 0-3. The, 0-3, they had the back-to-back ones, yes. Um, they... I don't know if they were down three to one to the Avs in 2014 with Nino Niederreiter game seven. Uh, they when they beat the Blues in 2015, that happened in six. Like they won that series okay. in six, which was which was respectable. Typically, though, it is an absolute grind for this franchise just to get a playoff series win, and it's incredible. Aren't they like one and nine in game four too? Specific, specifically, they can't win game four. Yes, they are some weird stat. Horrendous in game games four and I also believe game one. They won game one of this series. Um, yeah. But yeah, just how do you not? You've been to the playoffs more than half of your existence. Okay, you've been to the postseasons at least the first round of it, and not once have you just accidentally gone up three to one. How is how it's, do it you, is super weird? How how do you not even do? Do you have a chance here to go back to Dallas with the pressure on them? And even worse case, worst case, the series comes back with you up three to two, right? Which I know can still happen, but you could have went up three to one, put all the pressure on Dallas in their own barn for game five, and you couldn't do it. It's incredible. It's an ineptitude. It is a lifetime achievement piece of pie for me. And it's it's different. What's funny is over the 20 years, it's different ownership. Mm-hmm. It's different front offices, different coaches, different players, different superstars, different goalies. <laughs> And they just, yeah, you're right. They just oddly can't create any separation in any playoff series. So it's incredible. Okay. All right, third piece of pie coming at you here. Lack of converting odd man rushes, 20%. So the Wild, I believe, halfway through the second fill, I think the graphic was shown on the screen from TNT TBS crew, was 8-1 to one odd man rushes. The Stars left Ottinger out to hang numerous times. You talked about the Felino one. There was numerous other plays. Uh, that the Wild had odd man rushes. The Stars defensively were kind of a disaster yesterday. Ottinger was just the star of the show. Jake Ottinger by far was the best player in the ice on either side. And the Wild had numerous opportunities to cash in on those two-on-one breakaway situations. They couldn't do so. We talk about the refs, you know, kind of screwing them over a little bit. We talk about ticky-tack calls. The Wild had every opportunity to put put the puck in the back of the net, and they just could not convert so 20% to the lack of converting those odd man rushes. You, you only get so many opportunities like that, and especially for a team that is decently defensively. Like Dallas isn't, I wouldn't say it's their MO. They have a really good goalie. They have a really good offense. But when they give you those many opportunities, especially in a playoff game, you have to convert. So 20%. Well, it takes, you know, this is a hockey expert, old Macadat coming in here telling you what's what. But it to me, it doesn't feel like they have enough skill to really like tic-tac-toe pass their way through odd man rushes. So what's the, what's the tactic? If you're not, if you're not going to ping, 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 you know, a a beautiful three on two, two on one goal, which in the past they have had, they have had some, I remember when, like when, when Parisi first came along and you had at least a top line that could kind of tic-tac-toe its way to goals in those situations. Isn't the best strategy to just try and get a puck on net a rebound and then, and go from there. Sometimes it feels like they don't even get the puck on net in odd man rushes. 
Yeah, they can get a little too pass-happy. I'll have a piece of Zuccarello later on in this podcast that is more of a, a, a group chunk of pie, but I would, to say to answer your question, just shoot, shoot the puck more, right? I mean, that's, that's honestly the simplest answer I can give. Shoot the dang puck more. Don't wait for the prettiest pass. Zuccarello's really guilty of that. Boldy has been a really good guy who can shoot a lot, but there was plays yesterday where it's like, dude, just take the shot. You're one of the most skilled players on the, on the ice right now. Just take the dang shot. Um, Ottinger's really good. Again, don't get me wrong. Ottinger was the star of that show yesterday, pun intended. Uh, but but you got to convert those odd man rushes. So 20% in this pie chart of blame to the lack of converting those situations. And if you don't convert those situations, your season might end early, and you'll be looking for tee times mm-hmm. if you're the Minnesota Wild. You better watch out. Yeah, you got to uh, you got to convert those chances. When you get long putts like this, you got to absolutely uh, step in and hit it. Especially, you know, if it took you three chances to get up on this little, you know, short par four, and I need a par really, really bad. I have too many bogeys on the scorecard, and luckily, I sunk I sunk the par here at the Meadows at Mystic Lake which is one of the most scenic and best award-winning public golf courses in the state. They're getting closer and closer to opening, okay, folks? So go to golfthemeadows.com. The weather is finally warming up a little bit. Uh, go check out information to book those tee times. Get the frequent player car. Go check out the Meadows Bar and Grill. Plenty of great options. Go to golfthemeadows.com to stay updated. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yeah, the rock knows I, how you feel about pie. I'm ready. I think it, I was a little ambitious this weekend. I thought it's not that bad. It's like 36. You know, I know. Went, to, went to the Twins game on Saturday, and I decided uh, I took a scooter. I just grabbed one of those like lime scooters. Yeah, I love scootering. I just love grabbing these little, yeah. you know, whatever they're called, limes. And there's like three different brands. But I had a, I had a light sort of windbreaker, no gloves and no stocking cap. And I was trying to go about a mile downtown from the east side of downtown <laughs> over to Target Field and then back. Dude, I, I thought I had frostbite on my hands. Yeah. And you're not going that. You're going like 15 miles an hour. But by the time I got done, I was like, okay, maybe it's maybe we're still a week away from actually being outside. I don't know. Uh, I was uh, organizing, I think on Friday night, actually, right before the WoW game started, uh, we were like having a late dinner and I was organizing my bag. I was like throwing out all scorecards and putting new golf balls in. I got new, I got some new glove. I got a new golf glove over the weekend. My fiance was like, you, you want to do this so bad, don't you? Like, I'm dying. <laughs> like, I, I need to get out there. I can't, I can't wait anymore so i'm with you dude i i actually uh, on the golf topic real quick so i'm such a sucker for instagram ads yeah oh, i yeah. just like my phone just hears anything anything that i say like <laughs> right now i could just say a random word and i would get an ad on instagram and probably just buy the thing right and so i get i get roped into some of these weird like make your golf swing better products i've, I've been this guy too yes and i don't know, maybe someone can point me away from this but i've seen three ads for the Swingmaster pro where it's like a it's like a practice club, and it's got kind of a like a bar that kind of goes oh, into your chest, this guy, so that yes. you can you can have a it, it basically it helps teach. you create a more consistent swing plane, mm-hmm. right? I've seen this one, and anyway, it's like a hunk of metal with two prongs coming out of it that they just put a golf grip on. And yeah. I'm like, I bookmarked it last night. I'm just ready to buy all the golf products. Help me shoot 88 instead of 95. I bought okay, one. Give, give, I'll give you my money, Instagram. I bought one. I think it's called the hanger. And what it is, it, is it goes near the edge of the shaft of your club, and it's supposed to stay on your 
wrist, basically, as you come through yeah, and as you come down. And if you're not, like if it's going off or left or right, then that means a slice or that means a hook. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on, on buying, like, things to make your golf swing go from me, like, 105 to 98. Like, I'm just saying, I, that's my ballpark, okay? I'm just trying to <laughs> consistently shoot yes. under 100. The Rock knows how you feel. Right, anyway, uh, two more slices of wild pie chart here. All right. To blame. Fourth piece of pie, special teams. Special teams. Penalty kill, special teams, power play. Right now, the Dallas Stars have converted seven, seven of 16 of their power play opportunities. Now, I know officiating has been ticky-tacky. You don't love it. But at the end of the day, you do have to stop some of these pucks, okay? Seven out of 16 is unacceptable. If you want to really look at five-on-five, the Wild have had the advantage this series. When they've had five-on-five on on the ice, the Wild have held their own against a team that is deep offensively with great superstar players, probably the best center depth in the NHL. I know they lost Joe Pavelski too early on, but a very good offensive team. Five-on-five, I thought this was going to be a huge mismatch. Actually, the Wild have held their own. The problem is, is when they've gone to the box, they're giving up power plays basically every other opportunity. And conversely, the Wild's power play itself is 4 of 17, which is not great either. You, you want to be a little bit better than that. So when you get those opportunities, you can't pass them up. You're not going to go 100% on the power play, obviously. But when you get those opportunities, one in every three, one in every four, you have to convert. And defensively, the Wild have just been a disaster on the penalty kill uh, special teams has been probably the biggest difference maker. Otherwise, the Wild have, honestly, I thought, have really dominated this series in that teeter-totter. It's been the special teams that has been the difference maker that has kept Dallas, in my opinion, in this playoff series. It feels like when Dallas is on the power play, they're just getting they're getting to the the perfect spots on the ice. To ju- I mean, it's like high danger central yeah. three or four times on every power play, it would seem, for Dallas. And... Uh, whether it's Fleury or or the Gus Bus, uh, there's really no goalie on the planet that's going to stop shots like that. So that uh, that's definitely been a thing, and it is surprising. Like five on five, you would have thought, like you said, the, the the series would be kind of flipped. That you're going to try and you know maybe you can get four power plays a night and cash in on one or two of them and and win games that way. But okay, and then the fifth chunk of pie. All right, final piece of pie, the biggest chunk of pie. If you're scoring at home, there is a forty percent chunk of this pie still left. And it is to superstars disappearing. Superstars disappearing. The Wild have scored 13 goals in these four games. And those 13 goals have been scored by nine different players, which is great. It's depth, right? Hashtag depth, hashtag grit, I think, which is the Wild's official slogan. You've had some depth. However, Kirill Kaprizov, who should be the best player on the ice, has one goal, no assists. 13 shots in four games. Matt Boldy has no goals, three assists, and had zero shots on goal yesterday. These are your two best players. I love that there's depth showing up. I love that random guys like Marcus Foligno are are kind of waking up here and and scoring some big-time goals for you. But the best two players in the ice right now for the Wild are obviously Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. They traded away Kevin Fiala, right, because he said he's not a playoff performer. He can't score in the playoffs. Matt Boldy's younger. Matt Boldy can do this. Well, so far, Matt Boldy has no goals. Kirill Kaprizov, who was awesome last year uh, in the series against the Blues, it was kind of the opposite, where Kirill was scoring all the goals. The rest of the Wild weren't. Well, so far, your best two players on your team have combined for one goal. There hasn't been a game yet where one of these two dudes has taken things over. Now, you'd like to think that law of averages, hey, maybe it happens yeah, this, on Tuesday, right? This could be right? a good sign, right? This, I guess one way to look at it is if those guys, if Boldy and Kaprizov start to click like in the second half of the season, 
for Boldy anyways. And Kaprizov was injured. I mean, they could not only beat Dallas two of the next three games, but if those guys get hot into the second round or something, it's kind of interesting that they're – if you would have said, hey, this is – if you would have laid that out before the series and said, hey, so Boldy's going to do nothing and he's going to have a game with no shots on goal and Kaprizov's going to be active but not really – you know, putting the puck in the back of the net, and it's going to be a 2-2 series going into the last three games, I would have said, okay, all right. I thought they'd be down 3-1 to one or maybe swept if that was the case. Yeah, and I think if, if you would have said the same thing, that going into game five, the series is even, so it's 2-2 two, it's two to two apiece, um, and you haven't yet had a Krill moment, you haven't had a Matt Boldy moment, I think you'd be like, well, how the hell do they get two games? How, do they, how are they tied at two? Do they just get stellar goaltending and... I think Gustafson has held his own so far. We'll see what happens, by the way, in Game 5. I I think it's still Gustafson's net. I was talking with AJ about this yesterday. I'd be, sh- I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked, Phil. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be pretty upset, I think, if, they, it, if they gave it to Flurry. Did it open the door? Because you, you know Dean wants to alternate these guys. Mm-hmm. I think it, it probably pained him a little bit. This is only the second time in like a month and a half that Gustafson had played consecutive games. Did yesterday open the door for Dean to say, "All right, so he wasn't Superman. He wasn't. He wasn't completely lights out. I don't think he was bad in that game, but I wonder if it opened the door to go back to Flurry, which could be a series altering. I mean, you could already argue that the decision to go to Flurry in the first place that they should be up three to one, like that it's already a series altering decision. But God, if you do it and he gives up five or six goals again, and you and now you're down three games to two, I just, I, I would keep going with the Gus bus. I think you have to." I think you have to ride for. I know last year they said they were going to do a rotation, and then it was Flurry for five games, and they gave it to Talbot in Game Six when then it was basically over. Uh, but I, I Gustin deserves to be in the net. He's been the better goaltender. It just, it, it it's not even a debate at that point. I know they love to rotate, but it's it's not even a debate for me. You got to have Gustin in there uh, on the superstars disappearing too. Back to that last chunk of pie, and I know Matt Zuccarello is not necessarily a superstar. He's not on the same level of Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy. And he played very well in Game 3, but he has been, in my opinion, just a disaster. Um, Gustav Nyquist, who they got uh, at the trade deadline, who was injured and was able to get healthy right before the regular season ended, in my opinion, has been one of the best players in the ice for the Wild. And with Kirill struggling a little bit, they don't love to mix up Kirill and Matt Zuccarello at this point. Kirill hasn't done anything in four games. And instead of just waiting that, oh, well, the chemistry's always there, the chemistry's always there, it's go time here. Put up Nyquist with Kirill Kaprizov. We got to go. go. You gotta get that guy. I gotta going. go. So five pieces of pie in that pie chart of blame. Forty percent to superstars disappearing, twenty-five percent to special teams, twenty percent to the lack of converting odd man rushes, ten percent to the Wilds' ineptitude to go up significantly in a series, and five percent to the referees. That is your pie there chart of blame. There it is. Uh, Declan's hockey show now. The Rock knows right. how you feel about name change, right, Judd. You take a day off, you lose your spot in line. Damn We're right. gonna change the branding, the podcast art. Today, uh, yeah. If you missed the post game edition of that or Flagrant House, you can find Judd's Hockey Show post game game four and Flagrant House post game game four on the Score North YouTube channel and both uh, both podcast feeds for both shows too. If you could, if you haven't already, click subscribe and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel. You guys are helping us. Thank you so much. Build an amazing Minnesota sports fan community here, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. So, all right, there's your Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd fix today. Purple Daily, I'm very excited because, my God, some, I would say, very thick steam. (laughs) Thick steam as it pertains to Vikings and quarterbacks in the first round. So be sure to check that out. And uh, 
tomorrow, I've just received confirmation via direct message here, I think, that, uh, oh, Randy in Cottage Grove, Randy Vike 69 has a seven-round Vikings mock for us on the show tomorrow. 